I turn and look at my teammates. Time to be bold. And I get in the car. All right. I follow Jet. I join them. Once Drager is inside, Razor Wire touches a button and the door closes automatically behind him. The remaining two bodyguards outside get back in the front and driver's seats. Hez, Jet, and Drager see Razor Wire settling into a side seat, partially disappearing into the all-black leather seating. The interior has been customized, creating a limo-like seating arrangement where everyone can face each other. It's spacious inside, allowing even Hez to sit comfortably. I take in every detail I can around me. White LED piping has been installed at the corners of the ceiling, although they only faintly illuminate the interior. All of the windows are heavily tinted with the brightest light coming in through the front windshield. The interior is immaculately clean, starkly contrasting the chaotic hideout they just came from. The car gently lurches forward. Razorwire sits with her legs spread wide, leaning forward and resting her elbows on her knees. Her hands are clasped underneath tight leather gloves, her brow furrowed in thought. After a few blocks of silence, her hands steeple and raised to her chin, continuing to look at the floor. So, which one of you knew Rabrat? Me. Razorwire looks up to Jet. So you came to Rabrat with this deal, this favor you wanted to do for us. He called me, and I gave him the okay. Now he's dead, and we have the local PD of our asses. Our hideout is under constant surveillance. Don't know if you saw the van down the street. That's why we're having this little chat in here. She scans the interior of the vehicle like a tiger eyeing the bars of a cage before returning her attention to Jet. Not only are the cops investigating us, but the remaining Blood Kings have declared war because they found Rabrat's body there. Thought he started all this. Not sure why they would think we'd send one guy in to start a war, but you probably know the Blood Kings aren't exactly known for their deduction skills. They'll take any excuse for a bloodbath, and they definitely got that excuse a couple weeks ago. They've since made a truce with a different gang who already wanted us dead, making an already big thorn in our sides into a combat knife. She nods in Drager's direction without breaking eye contact with Jet. Just like the one your friend is hiding in his belt. Drager remains still, only his tightening jaw muscles betraying him. She leans closer and into the light, her menacing face partially illuminated like a waning moon. Now, tell me exactly what happened that day. I watched Jet and Drager, waiting for the explanation myself. Yeah, we went to Rabret with this idea, and he was all in. And, you know, we made easy work of the first people we ran into, but uh, wanted to come back the next day to make sure there weren't any lingering dudes. Uh, and we did, and it all went to hell. Rabrat just rushed in without exercising any caution. We tried to stop him, but he got himself killed, and then he got one of us killed. We told Rabrat that he should exercise caution and check it out before just barging in, but he wasn't hearing it. He heard that we took care of the first wave of people, and he just thought everything was hunky-dory, exercising, as I said, absolutely no caution. He's an idiot. Was an idiot. We went to the shop, and working together, we took them all out. We secured the area. We left, and then... We wanted to make sure that nobody was left behind and that the chop shop was ours. So obviously we wanted to return to make sure. But of course there were people there, and Rabrat, as I mentioned, rushed in. Then what? And then he got himself killed. 
I almost died. Drager almost died. Kurt did die. We had just enough time to grab him. We risked a lot for this job. We lost a lot on this job. Razor Wire sits back again, out of the light. So you guys are Shadowrunners? Yeah. You thought you secured the chop shop and then just left it? We weren't told to hold the post. We were told to clear the people out. We did that. Your man came unhinged. So the next day, you guys brought Rabrat out there, thinking it was empty, right? Apparently Rabrat thought it was empty. We knew the possibility that it wasn't, and we tried to stop him, but he was a little too eager. Got himself killed. I'll say it again. You brought him back, not knowing if the job was finished. I think that is a little bit skewed, as I mentioned. Rabrat knew his responsibilities here. We knew ours. They were cut and dry, and we did ours. Though it's difficult to see Razorwire, they feel her scrutinizing gaze fall upon them. After a moment, they see her lean back and turn her head, looking outside of the window for the first time on this trip. <sighs> Luckily for you, I know the terms of the agreement. And even though you've caused a lot more problems than you've solved, a deal is a deal. Unlike most other gangs in this position, we will honor it. We can technically say there isn't a gang there anymore, thanks to you. There will never be a gang there, thanks to you. Razorwire's lips tighten, presumably frustrated at the position she's in and the honor she's bound to. She could also be restraining herself from lashing out in a blaze of violence. Just as her eyes couldn't become any more narrow, she suddenly relaxes and resumes gazing out of the window compartmentalizing and burying the anger deep down. Our resources are currently stretched thin thanks to that royally cocked up mission. This puts me in an odd position because your payment hinged on acquiring that chop shop. She shifts her position and turns her body to face the front of the vehicles. She leans laterally and extends her leg to rest on the empty seat in front of her. Hez, Jet, and Drager glance at each other again, not quite ready to let their guard down. Razorwire shakes her head and curses beneath her breath. Here's what I can do. Your vehicle will be upgraded as agreed upon, but I can't trust my men to work on it. By now, word is spread, your notoriety has increased, and they know you have something to do with Rabrat's death. Odds are, they'll blame you and won't fix up your ride with safety in mind. The only other way for this deal to be honored is if I do the work myself. I'll take your car out to my personal shop and soup it up. Once you get your car back, I suggest you steer clear of the silver pistons. In fact, I suggest you stay away from our turf entirely. They likely won't kill you, but they won't make life any easier for you either. Fair enough. You might want to leave town for a while. Things are really heating up, and passions are high. Even though Rab was reckless, he was well-liked. Razorwire shrugs. Under better circumstances, it could have been beneficial to work with you if we needed extra muscle. It seems like you can all handle yourselves in a scuff. Things can't always be rainbows and roses. Well, what's stopping us from us going after this gang before they get us? They're causing you trouble. Do what you want, but I don't think anyone in this gang will ever take a liking to you. You would have to bring us the head of our rival leader to regain any shred of credibility. Mm. I'll have your card done in a week. You'll get a badass monster back. Like new. Better than new. Better than anything you've ever driven. But after that, we're done. Thank you for the opportunity. 
Yeah. Razor wire reaches into her jacket, producing a notepad and a pen. She raises the pen to her eye and wryly smiles. Unhackable. The smile quickly drops and she scribbles something on the pad. She then tears it off and hands it to Jet. Drop the car off here. Hide the keys on the front passenger tire. I'll come back later tonight, drive you back to my shop and get to work. Thank you for your service. She nods. Jet hands the slip of paper to Drager, who cocks his head and squints in a futile attempt to read in the dim light. Where do you want to be dropped off? Here's fine. They are near the Castro, its vibrant colors muted through the dark windows. Razorwire looks at Drager through the corner of her eye. Bring the car there tonight. I'll pick it up. Who should I call when the job is done? I suppose you can contact me if that's all right. Razorwire doesn't acknowledge Hez, instead turning to look at Drager head on. You. What's your name? Name's Drager. Give me your number. I'll call you when the job's done. All right. Thanks. Here you go. Sending it over to Com. All right. I'll be in touch. The car stops and the door opens. Everyone squints their eyes in the bright sunlight as they exit the vehicle. The door closes before they can turn around, and the SUV drives away. Looks like we gotta lay low for a bit. Where are we supposed to go? I don't know about you, but the city's my home. I'm not going anywhere. I don't have a car, and we don't have motorcycles to get out of town, either. And you have a lot of stuff in your apartment. Eh, it's only for a few weeks. You guys will be alright. Well, I can just hole up in my apartment for a while and just hide. Perhaps, Jed, it might be best for you to stay with Draeger. I think I'll be alright. Two weeks have passed since the meeting with Razorwire. Hez, Drager, and Jet are sitting at a table in the black jug, which is empty at the moment. The only other person in the bar is the bartender on the other side of the room, who is channel surfing an old television. Jet and Drager have completely healed their wounds, with only stiff aches and scars remaining. They've been discussing their next move, and their relations with the Silver Pistons. Alright, so it looks like we didn't necessarily burn that bridge, but we definitely cracked the foundations. What should we do now? I don't know about the two of you, but I think I need to pay a visit to an old friend. Business or pleasure? A little bit of both. I think I need, uh, my old friend's help. He tried to teach me magic my entire life, and I was pretty resistant. But after that last mission, I think I might need his help. Yeah, you really saved us back there. I don't know what we would have done without you. I don't know if I'd go that far. I got pretty hurt. I almost died. Well, so did we, but you pulled us through. I look at my two team members and smile. Thanks. And then walk out the door of the black jug. Is that, is that it? Jed, is that it? Okay, another time then. <laughs> uh, I need to get my guns worked on for one thing. I'm not talking about my arms, my actual real guns. It's been a long time uh, since I got some range practice. There were a lot of people I should have killed a lot faster. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the range. I think preparation for these missions is actually a very good idea. We've been lucky so far, but that luck will only hold out so long. Yeah, the more jobs we get, the more difficult it's gonna get. I'm also gonna do a bit of training, and I think it might be a good idea also to get fake sins to cover ourselves should we run into any trouble. Hmm. That's a good idea, Hess. Your mind's useless. So, I need to get another one. 
It might also be a good idea to start getting licenses to cover these restricted items as well. Hmm. Yeah, my licenses are burnt too, and my cover's blown. So, all of these are unregistered. This is gonna get expensive. The thing is, I don't know where we could get these sort of things. Well, with our, uh, shaky bridge we have going, there's only so many people we can ask. We can't keep pushing razor wire for anything. Um, Rico. I could ask Rico. You did get Rico's contact information. Let me send him a message. I type out to Rico in my comm link. Uh, I have some goods to sell. Need you to price them. When can we meet? Send. Before Dreger can put his comm link away, he gets a response. Oh, great. Hmm. As he just wrote back. Says tomorrow, what's a good place? Dreger looks back up at Hez. Do you want to do this together? I don't think we should do things without all of us present anymore. Perhaps we should reach out to Jet to see how if tomorrow's okay with her. Hmm. That's true. Well, she's got to meet her friend who knows how long that's going to take or how far away he is. I get back on my comm link. Yeah. Jet, can you meet us with Rico tomorrow to go over the goods? We need new yen. Yesterday. I hear that. What time are you thinking? Dusk. I'm in. Jet disconnects the call. Hez and Drager quizzically look at each other. I write back to Rico on the comm link. Tomorrow evening. Dusk. You pick the location, we'll be there. Send. Drager receives a response only a few moments after sending his message. It reads, At Black Jug last time, comma, right question mark? A moment later, an additional message pops up. It reads, Is Kurt going to be there, question mark? I write back to Rico. Kurt's not going to make it. We'll explain when I see you. Send. Drager pockets his comm link. Alright. So... We meet Rico tomorrow at dusk, back here. Yeah, the drones are taking up half my apartment right now. I'd like to get rid of them. Alright, so we've got all of these BTL chips and the drones. We're going to have to look through them, see what they are, and value them, determined by what we know about these things. The question is, do we bring them to the meeting, or just tell him what we have? Well, we should at least bring a sample. That's a good idea. So, I can come with you tonight to sort of do the appraisal. We can count how many of each type we have and figure out what we've got to work with. That way we've got a better idea of what our negotiation should be. Awesome. How do you feel about selling the drones as well? Mm, Personally, I want to keep one. We could use it. And when we get into a tight spot... Something tells me there's going to be tight spots, so what we could do with these drones, we can mount weapons on them. If you know how to drive a car, you know how to use one of these things. So that's really super useful to have in our uh, back pockets. Alright, I see no harm in keeping one, but remember they are hackable. Well, can you do what you do with computers and make them not hackable? I can protect it while we're in battle, but that takes away some of my attention. Hmm. Okay. Well, everything comes with a counter-risk, doesn't it? Yes, we can assess that per situation. I think keeping one is a good idea. Yeah, I'd like to keep one, personally. But that's up to everybody. But that's my vote. We keep one, we sell one, we get rid of all the other chips. 
Alright, so would you like me to come by and help you sort through these chips? Sure. You doing anything right now? No. Now would be a good time. Alright. I can find a gun range to go to either later on or tomorrow before the meet. But I definitely gotta get that in. I'm rusty. But yeah, let's go to mine. I'm walking down the street towards Jungo's. I notice a store displaying loads of different types of hot sauces. I think about Kurt and smile. And then I get an idea. I walk into the store and try not to draw attention to myself. I smile at the shopkeep, who goes back to doing what he was doing. And I walk over to the display. And I try to steal one. I remember seeing Kurt steal. And it seemed like his hand just brushed over the top of it, and then the bottle disappeared. I wonder if I can do the same. And I reach for one of the hot sauces on the display. I'm able to slide the hot sauce up into my sleeve, the sleeve of my jacket. This must have been how Kurt did it. I think I finally got it. I hurry out the door. Jet exits the store, exhilarated. After using Kurt's technique successfully, she feels like secretly palming items won't be as difficult the next time she tries. She allows the hot sauce to slide down her sleeve. Without looking, she guides the falling hot sauce into her pocket with her hand. She feels it fall in securely just as she arrives at her destination. I walk up to the door of Jungo's magic shop. He's busy looking at some papers, counting something. Before going in, I bang on the window to try to get his attention. Jungo leans to the side and looks beyond an aisle at the window. His face brightens as he puts some papers down to wave at Jet. I open the door and walk in. Jungo, buddy. Jet, what brings you to my humble store? Well, I've got some news that I think you might be happy about. Oh, yeah? What's that? I think you know. I've recently started shadow running. I know that you've told me to stay away from that, but those magic lessons you tried to give me came in pretty handy. I'm wondering if you'd be willing to help me out again. I need to get better at this stuff. We almost died. Jungo looks relieved. I've been waiting a long time to hear you say that. Even though I disapprove of shadow running, if you must run the shadows, you might as well know what you're doing. It could take three to five weeks, depending on how closely you focus on your training. Do you have that kind of time? With the exception of tomorrow night, I have all the time in the world for you. I lean across the counter and kiss his cheek. (laughs) Fantastic. I'll see you in two days. Just meet me here whenever you're ready. You're a lifesaver, Jungo. A lifesaver. As I'm heading out the door of Jungo's magic shop, I stop, and I look back at him. By the way, do you know how I can get a magic license of any type? I don't want to get caught by the star doing this stuff. Yes, I think I can help you with that, but it might take some time. I'll contact my people. I might be able to have one for you by the end of our training. In the meantime, I'd say you keep the magic on the down low until you get that license. I smile at Jungo again. Have I mentioned you're a lifesaver? And I walk out the door. (laughs) You don't know the half of it. Game Mastering and Narration by Paul Greenleaf. Drager is played by Marcus Freeman. Jatangeline is played by Mackenzie Paulus. 
Tempestus is played by Torvald Tempestus. Additional voices by Sarah Mullins, Tony Campbell. Editing and arrangement by Paul Greenleaf, Sarah Mullins, Cassie Polehammer, and Marcus Freeman. Sound design by Paul Greenleaf. For more story, character details, production notes, and how to support Sonic Realms, please visit sonicrealms.net. To learn more about the world of Shadowrun, visit shadowrun.com and shadowruntabletop.com. The Tops Company, Inc. has sole ownership of the names, logo, artwork, marks, photographs, sounds, audio, video, and or any proprietary material used in connection with the game Shadowrun. The Tops Company, Inc. has granted permission to Sonic Realms to use such names, logos, artwork, marks, and or any proprietary materials for promotional and informational purposes on its website, but does not endorse and is not affiliated with Sonic Realms in any official capacity whatsoever. All other works mentioned in the podcast are the property of their respective owners. Original content of the Sonic Realms podcast is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 unported and share-like license. If you use any part of the show, please credit Sonic Realms. And hey, thanks for listening.